Hi, everybody. Good morning and welcome to Grow Club, October 2nd, 2021. I cannot believe that it's October and that 2021 is almost over. And I am reminded that uh, we do have much to be grateful for. I think if you, no matter where you are in the world, if you can get to a computer and turn it on and be in fellowship with us or with anyone, you're blessed. We're blessed. And so for those of you who might have been with us last week, and it will only be those of you who were with us last week, to witness my complete meltdown uh, and, and, a, and a feeling of being overwhelmed, really, by the cares of the world, by what I see as hypocrisy and unrighteousness. And I, I think the most amazing thing about when you get overwhelmed by hypocrisy and unrighteousness that you see in your nation, in other people, in the church, in just situations, is that you find yourself falling into hypocrisy and unrighteousness as a response to it if you don't fall into Christ. And um, when we gather together here, I want us to really learn and help each other fall only into Christ because he is our rock, you know, he's our fortress. He's our strong tower. He's the place where we can stand, you know, in the midst of all things. And all things are a bit overwhelming right now. Um, and so uh, we have, a, we have a, a dear sister in Christ named Patty, who's a regular, who wrote the most, you guys, if I could teach on the way to confront a brother or a sister in Christ with something you feel is off or incorrect or wrong, or it, it would be this, this letter, this email from Patty would be that illustration. It was kind, it was loving, it was direct, and, and it, it was a rebuke with love. You know, it was a call to walk higher. It was a recognition of, hey, you know, uh, Cynthia, Pastor Cynthia, you're, I can see that you're overwhelmed, but be careful you know, not to let these distractions of the world cloud out, you know, the judgment of Christ and, and cloud out the golden nuggets that we find every week in this girl club because we dive into the word and we bring our experiences and our situations only in submission to Christ and never in submission to our own flesh or our own anger and passions about even what might be righteously wrong, you know, because all we'll do is get into wrong and unrighteousness ourselves. And um, that's not what we do as daughters of a king. It's not what we do. How we fight our battles is to go higher all the time. And really, when I say go higher, it's not the political statement, go higher. We go, we go up. You know, we go to Jesus. We go to our father who sent his son to die for all of us, who sent his son to bring truth into the world, who promises that he will walk through us through all things, even the insanity of the world today, um, through all of it, you know, through all of it, um, mostly all of it that causes fear. And God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So let us not forget that. And joining me today is one of your Girl Club crew, uh, one of your favorites, Christina Boudreau is here from a very busy schedule mentoring uh, 
some incredible 13 to 18 year old young women um, in her ministry. And hi, CB. Hi, how's it going? I'm good. My spiritual chick on the go. It's glad to have you after a night of no sleep because you're ministering to those young women. Yes. And planning for them. Yes. Yeah. No, and that's a great thing. That's a great we thing. Have a, oh, this way. There you Roger, are. Is it this way? Roger. Yeah. Yep. And in case you guys are going, wait, this is Girl Club. Who's the guy? Well, the guy is my husband, Roger, um, Roger Charles. And uh, Roger joins me regularly on my, my sessions program on TBN. And I kind of wanted to have him here today as we dive into a bit of, I think, godly wisdom and Proverbs and, you know, look at how we should be living in response to our our often righteous anger even and mm-hmm. to a lot of the things that we have going on. And so Roger and I this week have been uh, studying Proverbs every day in our home. And, um, you know, <clears throat> and I just thought, man, this is just, this is where we need to be, you know? So uh, good morning. Hey, Roger. Good morning. <laughs> And I, hi, nice to see you. He's downstairs, guys, in another room. I I do have something, um, you know, that uh, that I want to read. I'm torn between whether to read it to get us start, you know, start us off or read it now. But I think I'm going to read it now and kind of start here. Um, And it's from Jesus Always for October 2nd. And it says, I will judge the world in righteousness and the people in my truth. This promise is full of blessing and encouragement. Mm -hmm. It means that someday evil will be judged. My perfect justice will finally and forever prevail. Because Mm -hmm. you are my follower, clothed in my righteousness, you have nothing to fear. Mm -hmm. But those who refuse to trust me as savior have everything to fear. Someday time will run out. And my wrath will be terrifying to all who persist in unbelief. Mm. They will even call to the mountains and the rocks. Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. Mm. I will judge everyone in my truth. The concept of absolute truth is widely opposed. Yet it is nonetheless rock solid reality. Mm. Believers will eventually bump up against the certainty whether they believe in it or not. For you and all believers, my truth is a firm foundation on which you can live and work, play and praise. This is good reason to sing for joy. And in this we're given, and I'm gonna give these scripture to you so that you can go look into them yourself. Psalm 96, 13, mm. Isaiah 61, 10, Revelation 6, 16, and Psalm 95.1, uh, specific note for Isaiah 61.10 uh, to see the New King James Version. And, you know, Roger, we started Proverbs 1 yesterday, which talks about getting wisdom and yeah. how it's, it's, it's more precious than silver and gold. And uh, it's the place we live our life. And, I, and I'm, I'm curious to kind of start with, you know, Christina, you're speaking into the lives of 13 to 18 year olds. Are they, do they have an eye on 
the political world around them? Or are they more just dealing with the everyday concerns of 13 to 18 year olds and boys and, you know, Jesus and where he fits in their life today? Yeah. You know, so I attend um, Godspeed Calvary Chapel in Thousand Oaks. And so my church, um, like Charlie Kirk, who's a big, you know, political person, like with Candace Owens, um, the pastor of my church, Pastor Rob McCoy, that's like his pastor. And so Charlie Kirk is at our church a lot. So our church is very um, active in the political sphere. So our youth, specifically at our church, are just very awake to everything that's happening in the world. But on, I mean, yeah, I mean, the kids are very active, like they're aware of what's happening because it's taught. But honestly, I think most kids outside of Newberry Park and outside of my church community, they're just very, you know, I mean, what I'm seeing right now with kids and with parents, and that's the reason why, like in between my tours, why I approached like my, the staff at my church and I just said, hey, like, because I'm a local missionary at my church and, you know, um, and they support me with what I do at the whosoever's and everything. And I'm served with their junior high and high school and young adults when I'm home from tour. But I just told them, I said, listen, like I'm seeing stuff with our girls that are come from great. A lot of our families at our church, they're homeschooling like their kids right now, like through great like homeschool Christian school programs, like in our area. But um, I'm like, I'm seeing kids from the best Christian homes struggling with pornography addiction, struggling with anxiety, depression, suicide, cutting. Like I have a seventh grader right now in my small group on Wednesdays who's cutting herself, who comes from a great home. You know, there's these, and just the pressures of social media and, you know, just the whole like mandated vaccine thing, you know, the mask thing. There's just so much, especially what's happening in the world that's causing them to struggle. Like kids to struggle in ways that I've never seen before. Like a lot of the issues I was seeing in my community was issues that I saw when we would go on tour in other communities. And so, which is why I said, like, I can't be doing this seven days a week, plus trying to go on tour. Like I'm going to burn myself out. So I said, I can get them together once a month. And then all these girls are bringing their friends. And so we're doing these monthly gatherings called God's girls night to really just drop bombs, you know, on them of truth of, of, you know, what the Lord says and all this stuff. And what came out of that night was, so many parents that came up to us crying saying our kids have needed this, you know, our kids are struggling and all these girls just telling us just what the, like how much of a blessing it was. Cause we had like a really fun night. We had like a donut wall. We had a photo booth. We had like stations for them to do like, you know, like a nail thing. We had a hair thing, you know, just like really fun stuff. You know, we had just a, and we ended the night with like ice cream sundays and sparklers outside. We had the word, we had worship. We just had so many, like a skit, we did spoken word and teaching. We had just a really fun, you know, deep, raw night for them. And what I realized after that night was how much our girls and our youth need that right now that are struggling across the board. And to be honest with you, a lot of parents right now are left wondering, like, what do we do? Like, how do we help our kids? And as I'm seeing a lot of, um, you know, these like vaccine and mask mandates, a lot of our kids are struggling with anxiety right now. You know, they're in class all day having to wear a mask, you know, this whole vaccine thing, you know, this whole, like just the pressures of everything in the world right now is really suffocating spiritually, emotionally, mentally, the lives of our kids. And a lot of them just don't know what to do. And so they're running to a lot of the things of this world. 
to numb the pain, which is very unfortunate and really heartbreaking. And so I just told the Lord, like, I could do what I could do with the girls in my community. And, you know, I'm hoping that other people could do what they could do with the youth and girls in their community. So, yeah, like, honestly, but honestly, I mean, most kids, I wouldn't say that they're like up to date on everything politically, but I could say that the effects of what's happening politically is definitely taking a toll on them. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It, it, I think, I mean, look, the reality is you can feel strife in the air. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can, yeah. because it's a spirit, right? It's yeah. a spirit. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but mm -hmm. against powers and principalities and spiritual forces from heavenly realms. Mm -hmm. So, I think, and I worry, I think one of the things that got so overwhelming for me last week, you know, coupled with, you know, my husband and going to the hospital to deal with some personal issues and, and uh, you know, the rules about going in a hospital and realizing that a lot of people aren't getting mm -hmm. the care, the normal care that they would get because of the, politiciz the politicization of this to see, I think that's the right word, of, of the politicking of this disease and, and all of this debate, which is so divisive. And we know that our God is not a divisive God. Our God is a God of unity. And I think a lot of the struggle, you know, when children know this, it's like, wow, you know, we're taught that unity is in Christ and that loving each other is about Jesus. But then we look at our world around us and we're divided. We can't even go out. We can't interact in the same way. Um, you know, even the thing about masks. I, I mean, while while I get that, you know, it, it it keeps it helps us to stay healthy. It also it puts a veneer between us and humans. You know, the human and the social interaction and the and it's so important. You know, and for many people in many places, the gathering of the church has been broken. That's why it's so important to find a fellowship group, a place that you can gather. And when I hear you say, you know, that you guys basically planned a night, Christina, of kid fun. You're planning yeah, girls night. Yeah, it's like yeah, you're planning yeah. relief for them. You're allowing them to do things to connect with the the beautiful spirit that is being a child. You know, yeah. being a young person, you know, we don't, we're not young twice, you yeah. know, and yeah. I, they, and they need it. Yeah, they do. And that's what, like, when we were planning this, it was so funny because I literally just like my friend who's a youth pastor at our church, he, I was like, I feel like I just need to get all the girls together in one night and just talk about like all the things that girls are going through. But then he was like, you know, he's like, maybe you could do it over three different nights. And I was just like, yeah. And so, you know, I just prayed and planned and the Lord, you know, as you know, we're evangelists, you know, like Cynthia, you're evangelists, like Roger, like we're all evangelists, you know. And one thing that the Lord really put on my heart was the word strategy. And the Lord was like, what do you know how to do? Like, what do you guys do on tour? And I said, well, we drop bombs and we go deep. And he said, OK, I need you to to I need you to drop a bomb and have strategy because I can't be going on tour plus my own bookings plus trying to come back and meet with our girls seven days a week. I was really like, my soul was running thin. So I threw everything into this one night and it was crazy because we promoted the heck out of this event. Like it was called God's sweet girls night. And I was just like, dude, it's going to be the best girls night ever. 
like, and we promote it like in our, all our main services at like live streamed Ryan promoted on his like radio show. We had like, I promoted at our men's like breakfast. I was like, listen, dude, get your daughters here, you know, at our like women's study. And the thing is, is that because we hyped it up so much, so many people, like, I was like, dude, if everyone has not heard about girls night, like we haven't hyped it up enough. Okay. Like we genuinely just like sent, like we just full send it all of it. And when it came, like when the day came, there's so many amazing women in the church and the body of Christ that came together. It came together in like, honestly, like two and a half weeks. And the Lord brought it together and the entire staff was so blown away. They were just like, we don't understand how, cause the caliber of what the Lord did that night, like what his spirit did, but also like how beautiful the event was like from the decorations, like it was so amazing. And I just was like, Lord, like I had all the guys on our whosoever's team, like head Ryan, Sonny, like Jairus, Tom, like all of my guys all like recorded like a 32nd to minute video, encouraging the girls in their identity. Cause our first theme was identity. And we like played that for the girls, you know, like it was just such an amazing event. And everyone was just like, like they were just blown away. And I was just like, yeah, dude. Cause when you give like anything that I do for the Lord, I'm going to be all in on. Like this was something that the Lord gave me. Cause usually with the whosoever's it's like, a, like, you know, we all like Ryan really creates like a team atmosphere for us. Right. And so and I, but I'm used to being led by strong people. So when the Lord gave me this, I'm just used to like a team thing. So I brought in like our whole team. Like I had a panel, like worship, skit. Like I really like brought in like our people, which are amazing. And I was like, and they just said, Christina, you had passion from beginning to end with this. And that's why people wanted to get behind it. Like our men's breakfast, which rarely happens, like maybe once every three months, like one of the pastors was like, yeah, promo it. I was like, dads, how many of you guys have daughters? Most of them raise their hands. There was like 120 guys, right? I was like, how many of you have daughters that go through things that you're just like, what do I do? You know, and they were like, yeah. So that's why we're doing this night. And I just told our girls, I said, it's going to be the best girl party ever. And when they walked in, people are like, dude, we felt like we walked into a movie. But it was how the Lord brought it together completely blew my mind. Like, it's something that I could not have fathomed. And going into next year, we're going to be doing these once a month. And we're going to do like a big young women's conference. And it's so cool because as I tour with our team, which is like all guys, right? We have a couple of our girls I'm raising up that go with us too. Um, it's awesome. But being able to do something for girls like this night was like pink, dude. It was like punk rock pink. Like it was awesome. And it's just, it was just so fun, you know? And that's when the girls walked away that night, they were like, we like, it was like in God's house, like, you know, you experience like truth and freedom and it was raw and deep, but it was joyful. Like they walked away and they were like, that was so much fun and we can't wait to do it again. And it was really joy that night that really set them free from so much of what they were going through. And that's what's lacking right now in these girls' lives is joy, is peace, is, you know, laughter and community. And all of these girls just have been saying, like, we're cre- we're craving community. We're craving friendship. We're craving a place we could just come and let go, you know. And so it was just beautiful, honestly. Like, it was awesome. And so... I'm just hoping that as other churches are hearing about this, that they're going to say, oh, we're going to throw a girl party for our girls. 
we're going to do something for our community because you can't reach everyone, but you could reach the people in your world. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping that people don't get overwhelmed by the need of what's happening in the world, but they just say like, what could I do with the people in my world? You know? Yeah. 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 Amen. And I, Christina, I, I mean, I just love you. I love yeah. you. I do. I love you, honey. And I love, I love, I love your heart. You know, we have, we, we, I think all of us here on girl club, we share a heart for, for the youth, you know, and, yeah. and, and for, and for women, you know, for our girls and ladies and, and you know, of all ages who, who have a unique challenge really and truly being what God created us to be in the world that we live in today. You know, some of us, I think have had to be single moms when we're supposed to be moms and wives. You know, some of us have had to be caretakers when God created us to have, to be taken care of, you know, to be in partnership with someone who understands our role. You know, we, we've spent uh, we spent a, a good amount of time talking about being single, you know, and, and, and dating and being married and all perspectives, you know, on this. And so it just, it, it warms my heart to know, you know, and, and, and to really hear you share today, CB, what, what you're doing, because what you say is very true, you know, and for all of you watching, understand that you can start a girl's night, you know, you can start a girl club, get your girls together on Saturdays, wherever you are in the world and join us. You know, you, you can, you can, you can grow your reach right in your own home, in your own community. You know, even if it's just with two friends that you get together with and they're two friends who love Jesus and you commit to having a night of just being joyous. Because mm -hmm. when Christina was speaking, I, I heard the Holy Spirit say, don't forget daughter, the joy of the Lord is your strength, mm -hmm. you know, the joy of the Lord. And so I know I've had you silent for far too long, Roger. Um, and I, and, 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 and I, I just really wanted to kind of take a minute for you to hear, uh, where, where we are, you know, I think sometimes as a leader, um, it's hard to remember that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Mm -hmm. You know, as a leader, sometimes I think, I know for me, I get, I can get overwhelmed with other leaders who are just not leading from a place of surrender to Christ at all. They're not leading from a place of truth and worse, they're using his name, you know, and, and, and they'll get in front of millions of people on television and use his name. And, you know, for those of us who are just in it to win it for Jesus, mm. it, it, I mean, it, you know, Christina's not in this for money. I'm not in this for money. You know, I'm yeah. in this because I want to make more disciples. And for those of you watching, if 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 anything we're doing is discipling you to be a better person and a stronger person for Christ and, and go out and impact your community, then we're winning, you know, yeah. and we're winning because I truly do believe in the ripple in the pond effect. Yeah. So Roger... What say you? <laughs> well, I think everything that Christina had to say is appropriate for what you wanted to talk about. You wanted to talk about Proverbs and wisdom, but you also wanted to talk about it in the context of what's going on in the world. And 
You know, the human thing to do is to focus on the world, see what's happening in the world, want to get in and fight against what's going on in the world uh, and see if you can't change the mindset of the culture. But the problem with that is we don't have a natural ability to do that. That some, you can have some natural success, but th that isn't how we win. It isn't how Jesus won. It isn't how the disciples won. Um, you know, you change culture by changing minds, how people think. And that's what scripture is good for, right? Like scripture is good for changing how you think. Sometimes it just tells you what to do. Um, and other times it tells you what to do and what the benefit is of you doing it sometimes which is the best is when you can understand why god's saying what to do what the mm -hmm. benefit of doing it is <clears throat> and why he says so right like why is he saying this that god never will push back on you asking why he says to do something or mm -hmm. why he loves something uh that you hate or hates something that you love because that's what goes on in the flesh. We love the things that God hates and we hate the things that God loves. He knows that he knows your flesh needs to die. So you might live. So um, I'm going to give you an example out of scripture. It's not Proverbs, but it's very proverb like it's first Timothy two. And Paul is giving wisdom. He's downloading wisdom to Timothy. He says, therefore, I exert exhort, first of all, uh, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority. That we, okay, there's instruction of what to do, right? Mm. But then he says what the outcome will be. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Mm. You want to lead a peaceable, quiet, and godly life in reverence? Well, then you better be praying and giving thanks for all men. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Er? For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Okay, what in the world is he even going after there? He says what to do, pray for all men, including those who are in authority. Well, at the time Paul was writing this, it was either Nero or the guy before Nero, but this is probably Nero hmm. who killed Paul, right? right? right. And, and certainly Nero was in authority, even if he hadn't become, uh, you know, ruler of the empire yet. So my point is, Paul is saying pray for all men. Right. And so that you might have a quiet, peaceful, godly life. In other words, you want you want the kind of life that you want to have, like that all of us want to have, then do this. And then God loves this. If you want to be in the middle of something successful, do what God loves. Do what God loves. Mm -hmm. It's why we read Proverbs. Now, here's the thing. We think we can go fight and logically change culture. It's not true. That's not how the church ever changes culture. Look at what happened to the Roman Empire. It became Christian within a couple couple hundred years, two, 280 years. 
Now, I'm not saying that it became a perfect Christian empire. It didn't. In fact, there's no leaders in all of the Bible that are perfect leaders. David wasn't a perfect leader. The guy who actually wrote most of Proverbs, Solomon, certainly wasn't perfect. Hezekiah was a great king, but he wasn't perfect. And God never hides the imperfections of men because he doesn't want us to think, oh my gosh, there's some perfect man or woman out there that I need to mimic. You'll just fail. You'll just you'll just fall off the pedestal eventually and the fall will be harder. So the reason that we read Proverbs is to change our mind so that we might have what's needed to change other people's minds. Sometimes Proverbs just gives you the simplest thing that you think doesn't even have some spiritual thing behind it. You know, in uh, Proverbs 11, effectively, it says God loves a fair balance. In other words, God loves a fair deal. We love a good deal. We love when we get stuff for free or next to free. God Mm -hmm. loves a fair deal. You want to be in the middle of something God loves. You want your deal to be a deal God loves. Then Mm -hmm. he loves a fair deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think God loves good deals. Oh, yeah, he, he does love good deals. And sometimes he does give you stuff for free because he thinks it's fair. And this is why you want to press in with God and go, is the business dealing I'm doing fair? Mm-hmm. You know, so just these simple truths that are in Proverbs mm-hmm. yeah, are, are what changes culture. It changes culture, you know like probably the most known section of Proverbs is uh, where God says, or really uh, Solomon says by the Holy spirit to not lean on your own own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Proverbs three verses five and six. Yeah. So what, what is it in that scripture that Solomon's trying to get across Don't go with your own mindset. Don't lean on your own understanding. In in every way, acknowledge him. In other words, let his own understanding come to you. And then he's going to direct your path. From there. From where? From being humble enough to know that your own understanding may not be the understanding you want to have. And that's changing your mind, right? By letting God change your mind. And like with... Christina is doing, right? This is one way of it, right? You're giving godly counsel to these girls. That godly counsel is changing the way they think. They aren't political protesters trying to change the government. Jesus didn't try and change the Roman government. Mm -hmm. You can't find that in there. He tried to change, well, he tried to establish the church. He he tried to change those that wanted to follow God. He wanted to Mm -hmm. change their minds so that they might live their lives right. And therefore, in turn, change the culture. Mm-hmm. Because if we all start thinking like God, trust me, the culture changes. Yeah, I, I, I just to jump in, I think what's so powerful about what you're saying, Roger, okay, so now to, you know, to move it over into the practical, especially for me thinking about last week, I think you know, when you start taking it on yourself, when you take the battles on yourself, especially the battles around us and culture, when you feel you've got to have the right answer for social media or for for this person who might be, a, you know, 
on your post or whatever, when you take it on yourself, of -hmm. course, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to be in your own understanding of things and you are not leaning on the Lord. And I think that's such a powerful scripture, you know, that you went there because that's one of my, you know, that's one of my five or six favorites, Raj. And because it is true. And if you look at the world around you today, you would want to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Yeah. To lean not on anything you can understand because we're looking at stuff we can't understand. We don't see the fairness in it. We don't see the justice in it. We don't see the righteousness in it. We don't see our own constitution in a lot of what we see, right? So we have to lean on on God, you Mm -hmm. know? We have to trust that he's going to make our path through all of this stuff straight. He's going to direct us. He's going to even direct all of that, that we do see. And, and I, you know, it is in always going back to scripture that you are able to remember that he's still God and he's mm. still on the throne. Okay. And, and the only way we win is with him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you're right, Raj, it keeps us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, even like in the midst of everything, you know, that's happening in the world, like so many, I was honestly thinking about this yesterday, like so many people, it's so easy to get so bogged down by just everything happening in the world, you know, just all the noise, you know, like the vaccine mandates that just got passed in San Diego for schools, you know, like LA, like what's happening with our governor. And yesterday, I don't know. I just had a moment, you know, because I mean, I, you guys feel like you guys have traveled to places like India and like all these places. Right. And even last year, no, at the end of 2019, when I went to Mexico with the whosoever's team in the midst of like a very cartel, like dominated country in Mexico, like I saw the Lord that was the umbrella, right? That Mexico is under is like the rule of the cartel, especially where we were at in Durango. Under that umbrella, we saw God do miracles and he poured out his spirit and there's so much. And it was kind of like we went under the radar, you know, like into the schools and the prisons and we saw God do like powerful things. And even when I was in India last year in a very like Hindu dominated community, we saw the Lord pour out his spirit like in India and so when I see a lot of these things happen, even in our country, a lot of people are just like, you know, you know, everyone has their battle to fight. Right. And, but as I saw all of this happening, the Lord, I just was like, just smiling yesterday. Cause I was just like, Lord, you, you see all of this and Satan's having a heyday. And I feel like the Lord's going to be like, it's my turn. And the Lord, I believe is going to pour out his spirit in a way and they, during this time and in these last days of revival and that there's going to be a great harvest. That salvation is going to be the wild card that the Lord is going to throw down. And there's going to be a great harvest. Cause when you see when the hippie movement happened, it happened during a time of turmoil like this. And so as people are like, Oh dude, I'm leaving town. People are like freaking out. I'm just like, it's going to be a party, dude. The Holy spirit's getting ready to like throw the best party like ever, you know? And so I just was excited for that. Just really realizing like, Lord, it's in these times under the umbrella, kind of like when I was in Mexico and India of craziness and corrupt government and the cartel and like a Hindu dominated government. Like I saw in India, 
that God did a great work. And so when I think of what's happening in our in our country now, I think, Lord, it's under the umbrella of all of this corruption and everything that's happening that God could do a work that is unlike anything we've ever seen. And so that's kind of what my focus has been is that I can't fight those. I can't, you can't fight the cartel. You can't fight the Hindu dominated government, but you can say, God, what do you want to do in the midst of that? You know, because I, I just, I'm just excited to see what the Lord's going to do. I think it's going to be awesome. So. Which, which, you know, Christina requires great humility on our parts. Yeah. Because it does because, you know, saying, okay, God, I see this umbrella of unrighteousness, yeah. of, of lies, of, of sin, of crime that's over, you know, this system, this country, mm-hmm. you know, this nation. I mean, and I look, we're, we have people with us from South Africa, from England, you know, New Zealand, um, America, all over the world. Right. And all over the world, there are umbrella coverings of unrighteousness over nations and over people groups. And it does require great humility on our part as, as believers to humble ourselves enough to see that God wants to work and will work even in the midst of his people underneath that madness. And he will deal with those people who inflict the madness. And, yeah. and it, 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 for me, I know it, 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 it tests my sense of righteousness so greatly, but it also tests my sense of humility because, you know, one of the things that our sister Patty shared in her email was a scripture that I shared a hundred times with people before our government changed here. Hey, it's our job to pray for our leaders and those in authority. Really easy to say that when you feel like there's a leader that is somewhat supportive of your belief system. Really difficult and requires a lot of humility to say that when you're under a leader in a regime that doesn't hold any of your values dear, you know? And the truth of God is still the truth of God. It is our job as Christians to pray for our leaders and those in authority. And in fact, taking a moment right now to do just that, you know, Lord, we have a gathering here that you have blessed us with of women, mostly women, some men around the world. And Father, all of us for our Girl Club members who are watching, and for our Girl Club crew, who is in the position of making decisions to teach and share that impact all of us, we ask that you would help us to be humble enough to always come, come to you in prayer. And we lift up our leaders and those in authority around the world, Lord. And we ask, Father, that your spirit of righteousness, of judgment, of repentance would truly break out, Lord. And that you would, even today, perform a miracle in our nations. We need revival. We need men who who are godly men and women who are godly women in positions of leadership and authority. And I ask, Father, that you would bring down evil and unrighteousness and that you would exalt your name in all the earth. In Jesus' name, 
I, I just, I felt led to, to go there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Cynthia, as you were talking, like, I remember when I was in India and this was in 2019, there was this really big church in Chennai that we were at. And I remember there was this lady, she was just like, she might've been in her forties or fifties and she had this beautiful like pink sari on and she got up and she was like teaching the word on this specific day. And there was such a, like a, like when you think of, you know, there's people that are gifted in just teaching the word. There's people that are gifted in evangelism. There's people that are gifted in, you know, the Holy spirit. Like this lady was like represented like grace and humility and strength in the word and in the spirit and in, you know, just like preaching the gospel. And I was just like, dude, this lady is like, like, like she has a reputation in hell, dude. Like, just like, like, it was just honestly, just like the authority this lady carried was unlike anything that I had ever seen before, to be honest with you. And I would never, and I never forget it. Cause it was just, she had this really beautiful pastel pink, like, sorry, you know, it was like, like a langa, you know, like a whole like thing. And I was just like, dude, this lady's like a queen, dude. And she just was going for it. And this church is big. They have like multiple services in different languages. And the, and my friend was telling me that this church is one of the biggest churches in Chennai and they're going to dismantle to go into smaller house churches because of the persecution in India. But I remember coming home from India and just thinking like, how are these people? Like, I was thinking like, like what, like, is it, do these people just have like a, a unique anointing on their life? You know, it wasn't like that they were in the slums. This was in the city of Chennai, which is the biggest city in Southern India, which would be like LA yeah. for us. But I realized that because of their persecution, that is why they're so strong yeah. because of the umbrella of the Hindu like government, like that, like, which is like persecuting Christians, which is why they have to dismantle their church into smaller house churches. That is why this lady was so strong in the words, so strong in the spirit. Like I like, she was just going off, dude. I was like, dude. And I remember coming home and thinking like, Lord, I was like kind of joking with my friends. Like we need to bring some of those people back here. You know, I could yeah. use some of those people in America because our church needs to wake up. But I was, just, I'm just wondering, you know, like if, if our church here in America, like if pastors and there's a lot of pastors right now and people are leaving the pulpit because they're just discouraged of what's going on. But really God is, I think just cleaning house on the, on the soldiers and people that aren't faithful to the call. And if people in America, if pastors and leaders and people are going to look like how they do in India, like how that lady did, I'm like, yo, like if that's what this fire is going to produce in the life of the church here, I'm like, do it Lord. Bring you know it. what I'm saying? Because it's like, we could use people like that. And when I went to India in January of 2020, it was the same thing. Like, we went to this church, like, in the village. And this church, like, these people pray. Like, they fasted. Like, I sensed the Holy Spirit. And I was like, yo, I need to bring some of those people back here. But if that's what it's going to produce is yeah. a bunch of warriors. We have a lot of wussies, to be honest with you. Like, the American church, like, yeah. if we were lined up. And the Lord was going to pick like a first draft for his team. We would be the last ones to be picked. If you were to pick like people from the church of China, India, yeah, you know, Africa, and then the U S church, he would be like, yeah, like U S like you're going to be like the, yeah. the fifth string because they're spiritually not strong. 
But because China and India and Mexico has persecution, it forces them to go deep. It forces them to like seek the Lord. Like the Afghan church right now is probably so strong. Like they're probably killing it, you know, like because of persecution. Because they're being killed. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it's like, why was Paul as strong as he was? Because of his chains, because of his persecution, because he's been in jail like an amount of times. And so if that's what's going to happen to us and the church in America as a result of this, I'm just like, Lord, like, do it, you know, like, Uh, if that's what it takes for revival to happen and for the church to finally, like, wake up, because the church in America is asleep, to be honest with you. They're asleep, they're complacent, they're lukewarm, and that's what it takes for her to get on fire again. I'm like, do it, Lord. Yeah. You know, I just see it from like a missionary perspective where I'm just like, right. Hey. Well, you're yeah. right. You're right. And, you know, I remember being in uh, in England um, yeah. before the pandemic and where we normally film in our studio there. Yeah. But we've been filming, you know, virtually for the last year and a half. And I, I, I remember an English girl said to me, she said, well, you know, Pastor, you have to remember um, that as America goes, so goes the rest of the world in terms of Christianity. And I remember looking at her and I thought, you know, she was right. I mean, in America, we have been the example of, we get to live our our, our faith out loud. We get to have church. We get to gather. We get to be Christians. We get to say we're Christians. We get to talk about it. We get to gather together with our Bibles publicly. Nobody's going to censor us. We are, you know, America and we are Christian. And now to be honest with you, because of that freedom, I think it's the taking it for granted because when you take something for granted, you lose it. And I think a lot of, uh, we've lost a lot of our fire CB, as you're saying, because we've had that freedom and we haven't relished it and respected it. And we haven't understood what these other countries have dealt with in order to have the Bible, to have the word of God, to gather together, to pray. And so now I think, honestly, we, Roger and I have a very good friend who's a, who's an incredible pastor and man of God in Indonesia named Philip Mantofa. And about five years ago, Philip looked at me and he said, listen, he said, I've been on ISIS's hit list for years. I've had, I've had hundreds of leaders in the community of ISIS tried to assassinate me and take me out and make blood oaths that I would be gone. And I am not. And I walk boldly. He said, because in my country, if Christ isn't worth dying for, he's not worth living for. And I think that the reason why now to me, as the Chinese church goes, and he says it, I believe that God is using the Asian church and the underground fire and revival in the churches in Asia and in these other countries. He believes that God's using them to make the Western church jealous mm. as they will have what we have taken for granted. And I, I, I do think that you are so on it, uh, CB, that we've a little bit of persecution might be a good thing for all of us because our humility is is lacking because we have gone away from the scripture that says, you know, we're in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. You know, we are a peculiar people, a holy nation set apart, right? Americans now, and for all of you watching, we've got to be, and I encourage you, 
don't be afraid to look peculiar. We're supposed to be peculiar. We're supposed to be those that stop in the middle of a business meeting filled with unrighteousness and go, I just want to pray for everybody here. Mm. You know, we're supposed to be the ones who are integral in our business deals, who when someone says, hey, you can get away with this much, we go to what Roger said, and it's the scripture. Man, Roger and I live our life in business by this scripture. The Lord loves a fair balance. Mm. If someone comes to us and we'll always say, what's your quote on this job or what's your estimate? And, and when they say, you know, they'll tell me, well, I would like this much. And if I look at my husband and he says, that's completely outrageous, I'll, then I'm like, okay, what do we do? And he's like, give mm. them what they want. We won't hire them again. You know, we'll, mm. we give people the rope to be godly or ungodly. You know, some people would say, give them the rope to hang themselves, but it's really the, it's the, it's the rope to reveal your character, you know? Yeah. And if someone recently, we hired someone to do a job and my business partner, uh, Brian on this particular job is a, is a, well, Brian Welch, he's a whosoever yeah, on fire believer. Right. And, you know, Brian was like, wow, is this fair? I think this guy's asking us for too little money. And I was like, no, it's yeah. actually not fair. He deserves more money for this job. And so I went back to this kid and I said, listen, Samuel, I don't think you're asking for enough. So why don't you not give me a price? Go do the job and then ask me for what you want. Because this is a harder job than you think. And I just think in a million and one little ways as believers, we just need to step up our game. We need mm -hmm. to we need to not be those who participate in gossip when it breaks out in the room. We need to not be those who fornicate. We need to be those who stand in our celibacy as we date and as we court and as we couple. We do. We need to be those who say, I'm sorry, boss. This isn't, this isn't right. This is wrong. Let me show you how right looks, right? That's being the Daniel. That's being the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right. You know, last week I was reminded of the fact that, yes, we need to <clears throat> rail, not be overwhelmed. But I was also reminded of the passion of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And, and they lived their lives. My Roger reminded me of this. He said, look, look at these. Look at these heroes of our faith. Look how they lived their lives. Look how they even in an evil system, they made their God first. They lived according to how they were supposed mm -hmm. to live. They didn't attack anybody else's way. They did them. And when they got thrown into the fire for doing them, mm -hmm. who met them in the fire? Yeah. Who was there? And, his, and God's glory was made manifest in the fire mm -hmm. for the whole world to see, for the yeah. king to see. And that's why we're here. And yeah. it is, uh, someone commented earlier, our job is still the Great Commission. Yeah. Raj, you look like you may have something. Well, yeah, no, if we're, look, if we're not changing the world, um, then we're missing out completely on Jesus saying, you therefore go, right? Yeah. All power on heaven and earth has been given unto me. You therefore uh, because Jesus has all power on heaven and earth, you, you go. 
but it isn't just that you go it's just it's that you go with faith believing right and in that belief you don't put down you don't you don't take your hands off the plow right you don't you don't set your hands to the plow and then take them off to go watch mtv or whatever or porn or or anything play video games aren't we the ones who have given our lives to jesus christ our whole lives not some of our lives not we've given it to the lord we haven't given it to politics we haven't given it to to anything but him yeah he gave his example he took off his clothes he had a towel around him he Mm. bathed the disciples feet he said you call me lord and master and well you should Mm. but he set the example right of the upside down kingdom the leaders are to wash the feet of the of the ones they're discipling yeah you're not the ceo of a church you're the servant you're the minister that was the whole idea behind being a minister you were to minister to the flock here i want to read something here's the problem with everything we're talking about is we forget we forget reality i'm going to read you reality here is revelation 20. in other words the end of the book of revelation basically then i saw a great white throne and him who sat on it whose face the earth and heaven fled away there was found no place for them this is the power of god the entire universe is going to flee at god's presence and i saw it by the way if anybody thinks that the bible has some quaint idea of god living in the stars or something this i'll let you know no (laughs) no when god enters it over the elements melt And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. That's all of us. Small and great. Mm. And the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the Mm. things which were in written in the books. Mm. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades delivered the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death, which is definitely not something you want to be a uh, part of. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Well, you better be in that book of life, right? Then I want to—I I just want to skip to the next chapter and see what God says. Um, <clears throat> he goes on to talk about the city, the New Jerusalem, um, but we're going to go to one other little piece of this here. Um, because basically here's the deal is God is very clear, um, about what he thinks about all of us. Mm -hmm. Verse seven, it says he who overcomes shall inherit all things Mm -hmm. and I will be his God and he shall be my son, but the cowardly, the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Do we believe that? Mm. Do we really believe that everyone that's sexually immoral is going to hell? 
I, no. I guess that one, do you believe all liars go to hell? I, I you know what, Raj? In it, we believe it, right? Because we're Christians. But I think honestly, if I look at our, our behavior and the behavior of many, no, we don't really believe it. Right now, God doesn't identify single individuals by their sins. Yeah, he doesn't say King David the adulterer. Mm-hmm. Right. He he doesn't label people by their sin, or for that matter, even with their successes. Mm-hmm. He brings yeah. up successes. He talks even about sins at times. Yeah, and it's good he does, because if if I happen to have been an adulterer, which I'm not, but if I had to happen to have been, I could look at King David and go, you know, there's still hope for me. Yeah. Right. But. Mm-hmm. And I have lied. And I see that there's other people who have lied in the Bible and there is hope for them. Mm-hmm. But do I really believe that all liars are going to have their part in the lake which burns in fire? Mm. Do I believe that all sexually immoral? Well, if I am not a liar and currently and I'm not sexually immoral currently, then I should definitely be warning others. Now, if I happen to be in those problems, I better not be warning anybody. I better just be working on getting out of it myself and falling in love with the Lord enough to not want to do it anymore. But if I'm not, I better be saying, guys, God will not honor this. Get, Jesus said, don't just wash the outside of the cup. In other words, don't just look good. Mm -hmm. Don't just sound like a Christian. Yeah. Wash the inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fill well, yourself with love and grace and mercy, which is what I love. You know, honey, it's 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 what you say makes me really think about Charles Finney, who you turned me on to years ago and Lessons in Revival. And basically what Finney was saying is, you know, if we believe these things, right, and we yeah. know that these these things are true, we should be terrified for yeah. others around us because we should not want them to go to hell. We should yeah. understand that the lake of fire, we, we should know how horrible mm-hmm. the, the end is. And mm-hmm. we should be working more actively in yeah. the Great Commission to make disciples of Christ, to lead souls out of hell, to sa- get people saved. You know, it ought to be the thing that we're concerned about with the biggest part of our day. It ought to be. And I pray to God that for all of us, it will be because, and Salumbra said it so perfectly in Philippians, you know, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And mm. it really does. It goes back to what our our friend, Pastor Philip Mantofa said, and, it, and it's this scripture, you know, for us guys, is living really Christ? And do we really think it would be gain to die for that? That's the question that I, I, I have to ask you, you know, because we know, you know, on, on, on my TBN program, Roger and, and I have been going through 2 Timothy, you know, chapter three. And, 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 you know, just really quickly, it says, but now know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, 
unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people turn away. And, you know, I think next week, you know, we'll, we'll begin to really unpack a lot of this as we talk about these things that we've been talking about, you know, because being single and dating and, and being married and raising children and con- living in a world of forced vaccinations or not forced vaccinations or coronavirus or not coronavirus, all of life yeah. comes into clear view when it's filtered through the lens mm. of Scripture tells us about the times that we're living in, about the kind of people that we are going to have to deal with. Mm. And I think when Paul tells Timothy in that letter, turn away from these people, he doesn't say, stop praying for them. He doesn't say, stop speaking the truth to them in love. When he says, turn away from them, I think he means turn away from their sin. Don't look at it. You stay focused on God. You stay focused on the truth because these people are going to represent a real compelling argument to just toss in the towel and join the party Mm. because that's what the world does. It presents this very compelling way of life. Do you be you live the way you want to? What's your authentic self? Governments wanting to involve themselves in indoctrinating our children's minds and turning them away from the truth by taking God out of schools, by getting God out of all of our dialogue. Because they understand, see, because Satan understands the, the, the godly principle, really, that Roger stated when we started. To change the world, we have to change individuals. To yeah. change culture, we have to change the way individuals think. Satan has his agenda through the secular world to do that. And he's doing it. He's all over television. He's all over media. His agenda's everywhere. But we believers have an agenda too. And our agenda, we need to shout from the highest mountain. If we're writers and authors, we need to write about it with every stroke of our pen. If we're painters, we need to paint about it. If we're fashion designers, we need to create fashion that glorifies our godly agenda. If we're movie makers, filmmakers, songwriters, then our art needs to reflect our agenda, which is to make God, to make the name of God, the name of Jesus exalted in the earth. Mm. And that's, that's, this is how we fight our battles. Mm. change culture, we need to change others. We need to change them that they would know and love Christ. And I think first and foremost, for me, what I was greatly reminded of all week is that to change and impact culture, we start with ourselves Mm -hmm. every day, every day, every week we gather together. Let us start with us. Let us be daughters who are equipped, who are strong, who are powerful, and who are humbly submitted to Christ, knowing 
that he will go before us into every room and fight every battle and deal with every foul spirit that crosses our path. And so I just want to pray in, in closing and Christina and Roger, you're welcome to jump in anywhere, but Lord, mm. we, we love you. We need you. We exalt your name. And I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, that you would go before us all week long and that you would fight our battles, that you would take care of all of the opposition to you that we deal with when people resist us, reject us. And Lord, even when we we are accepted and we get invited to the parties and, and we're sitting down with all the right people, let us not be deceived or seduced by the antichrist spirit that is in the world today. Father, help us to see truth and to lead with love. And Lord, help us not to be afraid to speak the truth, but help us to submit ourselves so under you and your authority that we will hear the Holy Spirit when he says speak and that we will hear the Holy Spirit when he says don't speak, just listen. Mm -hmm. Help us to be teachable, Lord. Help us to always have teachable spirits that we can constantly be learning and growing in who you are. And Lord, Lastly, use us, make us a fit vessel so that you can use us to impact others, Lord, to bring your truth and your love and your power to others so that other people would grab onto you and would join us, Lord, in this battle that we're in to save souls and make disciples around the world. Thank you for Girl Club. Thank you for each and every woman here. Lord, I speak life and truth over your daughters. And I ask, Father, that you would encourage each, each woman here, each man here, to know how special they are, how uniquely made, how wonderfully gifted they are. You, each and every one of you, has a purpose in the kingdom of God. And I pray that you will embrace your calling that you will link hands with other sisters and that you will share what it is that's giving you strength and hope right now. Because that's Jesus. And in his name, we pray. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, unless either one of you has something to add, I just want to encourage the people that, you know, while it's true, the day is coming, we'll all stand before the Lord. There's great joy in living yeah. for Christ, like Christina was talking about. It's the best life. I've lived life on both sides of that fence. The best the world has to offer is emptiness compared to being in the middle of God's will. Paul was writing Timothy from jail, yet you can sense the joy he has. He's facing the end of his life, the joy he has. Because for him to die is gain. We, if we'll just step into trusting the Lord, he will start to move in your life in such a powerful way that 
it's addicting. It's it's so fun in a certain sense that you wouldn't want to live any other way. You know, and on that note, I, I am reminded as we close of something the Holy Spirit gave me. It's anonymous. It's it's a quote from anonymous. Right. And years ago, and I've never forgotten it because it has proven itself true over and over and over again. And it's not scripture. It's just a principle. And it says inside God's will, there is no failure. Outside mm-hmm. God's will, there is no success. And I have learned the truth of that over and over and over again. I have been in situations that were equipped with the smartest the world had to offer, the best the world had to offer, the wealthiest. You know, business deals where everyone looking at it in their worldly secular knowledge goes, this can't fail. And you walk in and the deal goes nowhere or the project falls apart. And in those moments, and I hope this encourages all of you for whatever you might be dealing with right now in your personal lives, your work lives, your relationship lives, your homes, just remember inside God's will, there is no failure. Mm. Outside God's will, there is no success. May you be blessed this week and may you continue to seek his will and Mm. may you smile when doors close because man's rejection is always God's protection. That's another one I love. And I love each and every one of you. And I love you, CB. Thank you for being a stick on the go for real, rolling out and showing up because you are such a blessing to this gathering, honey. And and I just love you. And I love what God does through you. You keep slaying giants, sister. Trying, dude. One day at a time. One one day at a time, one giant at a time. And, mm-hmm. and, and honey, I love and value you and I'm grateful for your life. Thanks, and, and I ask all of you, if you might be lifting my husband in prayer, he's got a surgery on Tuesday and we, it's just another thing for God to get the glory in. So if you would all cover him, I yeah. would be most appreciative of that. Yeah. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.